You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwukta. This is Murps. Welcome to the last Light Forge. Maybe ever this. Maybe ever. This is the last Life Forge. If you, we announced it on stream last week on Sunday. We were on Twitch. Uh, we didn't record a Life Forge podcast because really there was nothing to talk about uh, in the arena. But we did announce that this was going to be the last one. Um, it's been almost eight entire years. I don't even know what episode this is, but it's like almost 400 episodes or something. Um, so we have we have been here for a long long time and this is not like a reflection it's not like we're like oh this game sucks now we're not you know supporting the game anymore uh if anything the game is in a in a, in a very good place compared to most of the points in history but um just with the new baby uh which yeah, everyone told me it was going to take a lot of you know time and and energy and stuff and i was like you're all wrong and um they, they were right they were they were not wrong um so so this paternity leave is is a lot less leavey than uh than i was than i i wanted it to be um and the fact that diablo 4 is coming out june 1st we've said this for years like i think we said this probably in the first episode of the light forge and on twitch chat or like right after when someone was maybe the second episode when someone was like oh cool this is awesome how long is this gonna you know like are you guys gonna keep doing it and then we jokingly said not jokingly at all uh that we will do this until diablo 4 comes out and then we will disappear and play diablo 4 uh, so that time is here or, or fast approaching um, less than a month so yeah. and we are we have like the early access right it's like we paid yeah. for the early access we paid for three or four early days of the game that's which is that's key. huge yeah like i'll pay money for that like uh, okay all these people are uh, first of all people are looking at the wrong thing so there is so much discussion right now people are, are like hunting and trying to prove that the battle pass is pay to win Look, oh if you God. if you want to hate on D four, you're looking at the wrong place. It's not in the battle pass. It's the pay to play ahead of everyone else, and therefore you have such a huge advantage when you trade. Like you, you do get more stuff, right? Like time is money, time is resources. They're, they're doing it because that's uh, recurring, right? This early release thing yeah. is just one time charge. So you just view it as like, hey, look, the game. I know they say the game is sixty dollars, but it's really ninety dollars and a hundred dollars for the collector's edition with the soundtrack or whatever the hell the extra ten dollars get you. Uh, like and like faster access to the battle pass. I don't know. I didn't even get it. I just got the the ninety dollar package. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, so we're gonna be defouring pretty hard uh, for at least the month of June and probably the month of July, maybe even August, because season one has been announced and it's starting in mid to late July. So I, I'm gonna say it's unlikely for us to come back to Hearthstone um, before the next, uh, like very unlikely. Like there's a five percent chance, less than a five percent chance for us to come back before the August expansion for Hearthstone comes out. Um, and even then, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I, I, I thought it was like more of a 50-50 chance for us to come back for that, but I think it's lower than that now, given that the Diablo 4 season one is only starting in mid-July. So Diablo 4 has to really kind of suck 
for for me to like give up on uh, uh, on D four uh, season one like two weeks in and go back to Hearthstone. So we're looking at I don't know some some chance that we're going to come back for the August expansion, and a much larger chance that we're going to come back for either midway through the August uh, expansion or for the December expansion. And uh, of course, we will most likely, if not almost certainly, be back if Arena 2.0 gets released, whenever that happens, which they don't really tell us anything about it. So I don't know. Could happen this year. Probably not going to happen this year. But uh, that's that's kind of our timeline. Yep. Uh, look. I haven't. Re- uh, no, I I played Arena a, a decent amount, like when this expansion dropped, but I just need more. Uh, if I'm going to be playing more Hearthstone, I just need more than there currently is. So there has to be some sort of Arena 2.0 for me to really come back. Um, I've made no <laughs> kind of. Uh, I haven't really pulled any punches in terms of why I don't find this meta extremely fun. Um, and, you know, that's with me right now. I think some people enjoy it. Um, I think for those people who are just playing a couple of times a week, it could be really fun. Um, even all the but pre-stuff... That's what we do. Like, for like the last like four years, we've only played a couple times a week. Yeah. Like, even when you were playing, we were like... Like, when I normally play, I only play on stream. And so I play like... Four hours on Friday nights, and then like two hours on Sundays. That's my entire playtime. I, I average like one hour of Hearthstone a day. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's in a terrible place right now. Um, and they're, they're doing a patch, um, or like a hotfix or whatever. They announced some some adjustments. I don't know if it's already hit yet, or if it's happening early next week. Um, but but it's it's coming, and it'll hopefully make things a, a, a bit better. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... First off, we just wanted to announce our, our schedule, uh, and so, you know, don't expect... It's been, like, two or three weeks since the last Life Forge. Basically, we last did the Life Forge when the baby came, and, uh, you know, I came back from the hospital to do it. I, I was still on that, like, oh, I can do it kind of vibes, and then the next week, I'm like, no, I definitely can't do it, and then the week after that, I'm like, I can sort of do it, um, but there's not much to talk about, and now we're like, all right, it's it's time to shut it down for a bit, so... You can look at it as the license. This could be literally the last episode if we don't come back. Um, It's more likely to be a hiatus because we'll probably come back at some point. In the not too distant future, but also not like in the next couple months or anything. Uh, So, you know, the last episode with a question mark. Uh, Yeah. Um, I thought this is a a good time to to kind of... Oh, and if you're wondering, um, we're, we're not coming back, so there's probably no more YouTube content for a while. I don't know how to make Diablo 4 YouTube content. We'll see. If there is Diablo 4 YouTube content, it will probably not happen, like launch week or even the week after well no there's a lot of ways to do it but you have to like okay because our youtube content has always just been uh very um (laughs) organic right with the with the no no no, there's no way to organically make you have to like really make you have to do it yeah so like unless we decide to launch a a hellforge podcast for diablo 4 uh which tba i'm not um I think I, I wanted to launch it, and Merps talked me out of it, uh, at least pre-release, 
So we'll see how we'll see how D four goes. We'll do a, a late launch of the podcast if we get super into D four, and it seems like we're going to be doing it for a long time. Um, which I don't know. Um, but uh, but other than that, I don't know how we're going to do the Diablo four YouTube content. So it means that until Hearthstone comes back, there probably won't be significant uh, YouTube content. But Twitch wise, we're not like quitting. Like we're not like stopping stream. I mean, we are for like three weeks. Uh, um, there's going to be no streams on Twitch for three weeks between now and the first Sunday when after Diablo 4 comes out. So June 4th is the next time you can catch us on um, on Twitch. And I don't know if we'll upload that to YouTube. I'll see how it goes, but we'll just basically kind of share our thoughts on Diablo 4 um, during that hangout. Like, it'll just be a hangout. I don't think we're going to be playing anything. Um, and, uh, and then maybe there'll be Diablo 4 streaming content afterwards. Um, I mean, there definitely will be. It's just a matter of when it starts. I'm going to start streaming Diablo 4 as soon as I get, like, a little bit into the endgame. I am not going to stream the campaign. That's, that's, for, that's for me uh, and to, like, figure out mechanics and stuff. Um, so there won't be... It's not like on launch day, you won't, you won't find... At least you won't find me streaming. I don't know if you're going to stream. Um, but um, either, either way, uh, the D4 streams will, will be coming uh, in, in June. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where we are. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about Hearthstone. The last talk about Hearthstone, because this is the last episode, I feel like we should kind of just take a, a broad backwards looking, um, a backwards view on the eight years that we've been doing this podcast and all the things that have been happening. Um, I've broken it down on my like little like notes into uh, three things that are part of the good and then three things that are the bad as, as far as this uh, Hearthstone Arena experience has been. Because like, I think you'd be lying to yourself if you look back at your time playing Hearthstone Arena and you're like, this was mostly good it was it was kind of a mixed experience for for everybody there were certainly very good things about it which is why we keep doing it but there was also a lot of times where it was uh where it was very frustrating um on the on the game end or or whatever so i think this is a good time to kind of wrap it up and talk about it uh you want to kick off the first one start on a positive note all right sure um yeah, we're, we're, we're going to start off positive. Um, and and I, I guess the first thing we should always talk about is uh, part of the reason why we do a podcast in the first place, right? It's uh, the audience, it's the community, it's the people who are like really passionate about this stuff. Because um, if there was nobody passionate about it, uh, if there was no audience, then we're literally just two crazy people uh, talking into the wind. Um, but there are lots of people who enjoy it, lots of people who either enjoy the competitive nature or just want to have fun um, and want to learn, right? They, they want to learn, uh, they want to talk about it. So that that's definitely one of the most enjoyable things um, about Hearthstone Arena. It's not just yeah. the opponents that you face who are nameless and now there's tons of these like random letter accounts which are frustrating um <laughs> but it, it's it's the people uh as much as i get frustrated you know some of them are on, are on arena hs um others are you know in, in the chats of all the streamers and uh they they talk about plays um 
you know, we have disagreements about card evaluations. They tell us we suck at it. It's fine. Um, that has been one of the big, big positives. And I think it's what's kept the game healthy for uh, quite a long time. Yes, definitely. And when Murph says audience, he doesn't mean like an audience sitting there watching us. Like our audience or the Hearthstone Arena community as a quote unquote audience is very interactive and they contribute. So we look at Arena HS all the time. That's everyone's thoughts on Twitch chat. You know, you can argue whether I look at Twitch chat or not. But uh, I eventually get to you guys, even if it's five or ten minutes later. Um, and it's, it's all interactive. And then the other people that are part of the Arena community, right? Like our mods who, uh, you know, we, we talked to, we played other games with. Um, and uh, and we've, some of the mods have been around. And some of the viewers, someone was like... Uh, uh, in chat earlier, I was like, oh, I was here for the first Lightforge podcast. And I was like, that's right. Because the first Lightforge podcast didn't happen until we had that co-op with Crip. And then Crip sent a bunch of, like, I think he raided us one day. Um, and we and promoted us in one of his videos. And that was over the summer. And we launched the podcast like a month after that. Or maybe two months after that. So there's actually a lot of people here probably who have been here through the first podcast. Like 400 episodes ago. And, uh, and you know, seven, eight years ago. Uh, so this is just the core arena community. It's also the competitive players who are streamers. A lot of them who were not streamers when when we first started the podcast and who have become streamers. Some of them very successful um, and all of them, you know, presumably, hopefully, fingers crossed, having fun uh, <laughs> playing the arena. Uh, it's just been the community has been so good. It has been so good since day one. Um, when we first started the stream before even the podcast it was just the arena coop. And how people reached out to us and how people, uh, like very established people, whether we were talking about Crip, Hafu, Trump, like the arena community really was hungry for more content and for more just people who are really into this stuff. And uh, I hope we were able to pass it forward to, uh, you know, the people who came uh, a bit after us, uh, like Collins, like Shady, um, and then the, the wave even after that, right? Like Redbeard, Judge. Uh, coast uh, and, and and whatnot. Um, it's it, it's very nice. And having played Diablo Immortal for the last year, I, 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 I could tell you that this is not the case with every game or every game mode, or probably even most games are game modes. Now, Diablo Immortal is probably the worst of the worst examples, but just a night and day experience. As far as the community goes. And I don't mean like our clan members. Our clan is, is, is great for the vast majority of the parts. Uh, uh, but like just go, go on the Diablo Immortal like subreddit. Which has calmed so, so down since the early days. But it's still just full of rampant misinformation that gets upvoted like crazy by other ignorant people. Full of people who can't even read like commenting and getting upvoted and the people who are actually talking sense like some of the times they also get upvoted but oftentimes they also get downvoted i'm not just talking about me i'm talking about other people who are also trying to talk sense and reality into into people just the core of like logic and improvement and analysis and kind of having a baseline iq of which to engage in a community, especially around a strategy game, which I know Diablo Immortal isn't, but um, like Hearthstone definitely is. It has been so refreshing, like looking back at it, because at the time I took it for granted. I came, the last game that I seriously played before uh, Hearthstone was Civ. 
and that was a very deep strategy, you know, game with so many moving parts. And so there was a lot of of that kind of like nerdy, like you know, number crunching and like whatever. Um, uh, but uh, so her, I took Hearthstone community for granted, but it could so easily go the other way, and in in a Blizzard game, no less, right? Like a kind of a, a sister uh, game to uh, to Hearthstone. Um, so this whole community has been has been awesome. Whether it's just the people posting on Reddit, the people not even posting, uploading on Reddit, like uploads are powerful. And look no further than Diablo Immortal to see what happens when the dumb people have the power and the the voting power, because that just gets perpetuated. And then, like I don't know, three months later, they figure out that they were dumb. And the rest of us were like, well, you see that comment that got downloaded minus five? That was the right answer. <laughs> Everybody told you. Um, and the fact that it just doesn't happen in Hearthstone Arena. Like, we don't have to post anything. Just the correct things just rise to the top is, is pretty amazing. Um, and also the creators and the people. It's not like Diablo Immortal creators are like, you know, all shit. But it's not the same type of community as the Hearthstone Arena community. It's like... Far more assholes, for lack of a better word. Uh, there's still some assholes you know, here, but yes, if, still, if yeah. you if you look at other games and communities, um, it's worse. Like the Hearthstone community is uh, the best. Uh, it's not perfect, but it is the best that I have seen. And you know, like I've I've seen like the Overwatch community. I've seen the Diablo mm -hmm. Immortal shit show. It's not even a community; it's just a shit show. Um, I, I've seen quite a few. I've seen the. Even outside, the Pokemon TCG community, terrible. It, it's full of terrible, dumb people. <laughs> I love the hobby, but oh my god, everyone there is dumb as they're bricks and a, toxic. It's so, so different between a strategy game and not a strategy game. No, like, it, it, yeah, it, it really is. Um, but, it, and look, I, I'm, I'm just a jaded person uh in general but no this has definitely been the best community because it is a community in which you can try to reason with people and it gets somewhere um yeah. that that helps a lot like that that helps a lot and um it's not predominantly or like it's not dominated by dumb people and then that just becomes the law right that becomes the rule yeah. because if 90 percent of people think the wrong thing it, it it does become the quote right thing and there's it not it doesn't even need to be 90 if like 65 percent of people think the wrong thing then it's maybe the right thing. right i think by like 80 85 probably like just 80 75 even you're just you're, you're done yeah like I, i'm not i would not have made this podcast for this long if it weren't for the community not even yeah. close yeah it's been like great. Th this podcast is for you guys this podcast is for the other creators out there who, you know, like, listen to us for whatever reason, uh, even even though uh, for, for a while now, uh, a lot of these other creators have been, like, you know, quite notably, like, play more and are more in tune with the meta than, than we have been. Um, and this is, this is what the podcast is for. This is what the number crunching is for, what the theory crafting is for, what the analysis is for, what the, the kind of game design elements that have been sprinkled in. Like, through this journey of this LifeForge podcast uh, and the whatever, like, we've created, like, algorithms. I've done, uh, you know, game development work and game balance work for card game. Uh, like, just a lot of very interesting experiences have happened here. And it's all stemming from kind of this 
big community of of Hearthstone arena players and Hearthstone players generally. And it's just incredibly thankful, but not only like thankful is like how we feel towards the community, but more importantly, the community I think should like always really be looking around at themselves and just just very happy that they exist, that we all exist together. Like in this community. Because it's so much worse in most places. And possibly like super bad. Like even in other communities that are good, this one really stands out, I think. Yep. Alright. So what's uh what's the next thing that you're uh that you're thankful for or that you okay. think is like really good? The the next good thing about Arena, uh, Hearthstone Arena, and uh, and this, during the time of this podcast in the last seven years, is the pace of the new content. The pace of the new content has really picked up, and I don't want to like I don't think a dev has ever said this, but I think that they are actually creating neutral cards now with half an eye out for Arena. Because in the last couple of years, some of these neutral cards that have come out, you just can't possibly see any other application for them besides in Arena or Duels, right? Like some kind of like limited format event. Um, maybe Brawl. But they used to be... Like if you remember, Nax came out, and then GVG came out, and Nax was a mini set, and then GVG was a real set... And then Blackrock Mountain was a mini set, and then TGT. So we started the podcast right before TGT came out, uh, the Grand Tournament, after Blackrock. Blackrock Mountain had like 30 cards, maybe 15. I don't even remember. It was like no amount of cards. And so we were just in the GVG meta, effectively, for like eight months. Until more than eight months, like nine or ten months until TGT came out, whenever that was. That was the pace. That was the expected pace of releases. Then we moved on from there to three main releases a year. And now we're at three main releases and three mini sets. And a higher percentage of those cards that are being released have like interesting arena applications than they did before. Before they would change everything because there wasn't enough cards in the pool. But now they have, um, they just have very interesting applications in the arena. Arena is just more interesting now. And it gets changed up more now. And we have the wild rotations and the different rotations to keep spicing the game up. So we, we talk a lot about Arena not being directly supported by the Hearthstone development team. But just the, the baseline support of Hearthstone in general and the pace that is picked up there has been so good for the Arena experience. Like, so good. Um... It's, it's never, well, it's not never a dull moment. Sometimes the events go for too long. But it's generally not, not dull for long, right? Things keep changing. Before, there were no balancing patches ever, right? And then they started doing a balance patch every, like, four months. And now they do, like, three balance patches a, a month or something. Like, it's getting kind of crazy. It's like a normal game where they keep updating everything. So there's just so much stuff that's going on now. And the pace of this new content has been such a huge improvement from where this game was in the in the early going. And Arena has been a real big beneficiary of it, even if that is not the goal of the development team. Yep. No, it's been great. Um, Matt London and the modes team, um, the communication has been better. There have been 
a lot of changes. Some I very much so disagree with uh, the change or how it's implemented. Like the new leaderboard, right? I have mm-hmm. made my thoughts very clear, um, and a lot of people have made their thoughts very clear uh, that it's a, a convoluted system that doesn't have to be that complex. And because of the way it is, it incentivizes these weird behaviors that no dev should be incentivizing, right? Which is starting up new accounts, abandoning accounts, doing this over and over and over again. If you want to um, have the highest score, if you care about leaderboards at all, after you play 30 runs, uh, if you're happy with your score, you will always, without fail, 100% uh, ditch the account. You just have to. You have to ditch the mm. account. So th- I think that is like the major thing that they've done recently, which I'm just like, you are just totally wrong on this. And I'm 100% sure on this. It's not one of those things where I'm like, no, well, like... There, there is no other side. There is no the other side. The other side is yeah. like, they didn't have like, enough time and development resources. Yes. That is the other side. So they'll eventually get to it and fix it. Yeah. Um... And you know how I know that they'll eventually fix it? Because they fixed it once, like, seven years ago. Not seven years, <laughs> but, like, five years ago. Um, it was actually, like, six years ago, something like that. Um, and the language that they used was basically, like, yes, we recognize that, like, people were creating new accounts, and this is bad, and we never want to promote this, blah, blah. And I understand. That was, like, the Ben Brode regime, right? But same principles should apply. Um mm-hmm. So, look, I'm pointing that out uh, as to something I very much so disagree with. But uh, Matt Lunda and team, I mean, they've they've actually made changes. The fact that we're talking yeah. about something. We don't have a Lightforge podcast anymore where, if you guys remember, we're just like, we're not going to criticize them for the next year because they told us that <laughs> nothing will change for the next year. I remember that. Um, I remember when Ixar just came out and was like, for the next year yeah. and until we say otherwise... There will be no development in Arena that will be released. And you know what? What was our response at that time? Thank you for telling the truth. Yes. Thank you for doing this because the past two that. years before then, oh, you would always come out during uh, release time. And, you know, somebody would always ask a question about Arena. And Ben Brode is like, we very much so care about our Arena players. <laughs> Look, I Ben Brode, great like spokesperson, great marketing person. Um, it, I, look, I'm not going to put it all on him. Uh, people defended Ben because of his charisma until they couldn't anymore. Because mm. like even the most staunch uh, defender of Ben Brode, like after a while, they're like, you're literally just saying the exact same thing every single time. Um, and yeah, that was that was. I mean, real Ben Bro's a great example of like the person who is the best to bring a product to launch yeah. is not necessarily the person that is the best to scale it or to iterate on it. Like Ben Bro wasn't great at developing Hearthstone after Hearthstone launched. He was great getting Hearthstone to launch and creating a freaking epic product at the time. And I don't think there like, is and then anybody he, better like, sold to... the hell out. Yeah, I don't think there was any better developer uh person to hype up a game right like he was the ultimate hype person yeah Mm -hmm. and and from all accounts like within the Hearthstone team or whatever everyone loved him he was a great leader and it was was wonderful but from a player's perspective you saw what happened with Hearthstone you know in the years after it was released until Ben departed and then the team had another I don't know half year or a year to get the new philosophy underway and the game just got so much better afterwards um so yeah 
It's been uh, the pace of the new content. And I think this is one of the things... Like, I bring it up because I think it's one of the underappreciated things about Arena. Which is, a lot of focus gets put on what is done specifically for Arena. But that's the whole thing with a limited format. You don't actually have to do anything for the limited format for there to be continuous new things and exciting developments. And... There's a reason why we can do uh, like a six to eight hour like marathon review every uh, uh, four months, and then another like four to five marathon review every uh, every two months. And back in the day, the LifeForge podcast, a lot of it was like two three versus three two. How do we use one versus the other? Because that was one of the most important things in the game. Nowadays, we can talk about new cards, we can talk about cards rotating back, we talk about synergies, we talk about new mechanics. There's just so much more to talk about in the game that we're not even going back to. And because the game gets more complex, the other stuff also just matters less. Um, But it's just, the game has developed. And as far as games developing goes, and as far as power creep and whatever goes, this game hasn't, like, jumped the shark yet. Like, it's it's getting real close to it. Oh, we're getting close. We're getting there. We got real close to it. But we're not at the point now, because one thing that you, you mean, like, our system that I, we, we grade stuff, that's a, that's a system based on the fundamentals of Hearthstone, like raw numbers from the system itself. That is not based on the relative power of the cards in the pool. So if this ranking system was based on the relative power of the cards in the pool, like, say, the Lightforce tier list used to be, where 100 was the average card you were offered, always, um, then... Like everything will just keep scaling up as things get uh, as things get overpowered. Uh, but here in in the new system where we just do a tier, we we don't we don't do that. We we don't have the power to do that. It's it's all raw based on like what one attack is worth and whatever. And if you've noticed since they power creep to like S plus plus whatever tier cards for legendaries, the, and since the existence of S tier cards started becoming a thing for class cards, there really hasn't been that many S tier class cards. Like, the power level from um, last December, oh, sorry, two Decembers ago to now, the top line power level has not changed. And I think the next step will be over the shark. So we're very close to it. But we haven't actually gone over it. And the S tier cards are also fine as long as you nerf their offering rates. And the team has been doing a very good job of nerfing their offering rates. Um, in the in the you know last uh, in the, this year so far at least and, and most of the year before that, so between the new content and the balancing team kind of stepping in and like fixing the like most rough of the edges, this is it's it's not large upkeep for Arena for it to continually be like a decent product with a lot of new stuff and that's what I, I think the community doesn't give it enough credit because we just take it for granted. Because it's not done for the arena, really. And the things that's actually done for the arena are, like, the ridiculous obvious stuff. You know, like, Pack the House needs a lower offering rate. It should not be a common card in Shaman. Um, And then they nerfed it, and you're like, can you nerf it more? Come on, guys. It's not that hard. Just change a number. This is clearly not enough. But we're missing the part where it's, like, the system's already self-balancing and adding tons of new cards in all the time. So we're working from a good base. Yeah. Okay, All right. let's talk about the next uh, thing that um, was really good about the arena during all of this time. Um, and that's really the skill versus luck balance in 
and like applying all of these fundamentals into it as well. So I understand every single meta, especially now, there's always a discussion of, is there enough skill in the meta? And that, Mm. so because of this discussion, I think some people get the wrong impression that like, wow, for so many years now, skill just doesn't matter. Or the discrepancy is so huge, right? That it's just so huge. Um, it's a conversation that we always need to have, but if you want to really get into it, it's, you know, like if the optimal, and I'm not, this will differ from person to person, which is another Mm -hmm. factor, but it's like, oh, if the optimal luck, uh, kind of factor is like, I don't know, 60 units of luck, whatever it is, is it 55 units of luck right now or 65? Like that's really what what is discussing. It's not like are we at 100 units of luck now or are we at 5 units of luck? It's never yeah, like that. Cuz you look at other game and a lot of the other games are at like 20 units of luck. Yeah. And we don't play that game. And some games are like chess and it's at 0 units of luck. And we don't play chess. Uh so the fundamentals of Hearthstone Arena is set at a, at least for us, it's a really comfortable level. Quite consistently throughout the years. I mean, it's getting lower now. but And it used to be higher than what I'm going to say. But the win rate of a top player picking the optimal class is about 75% win rate. Now, that is like around... Like eight wins, not quite nine wins. You also have to factor in that a lot of twelve win runs don't actually have a loss to it. So I don't know what the exact like uh, thing for it is, but it's it's. I think it's something like eight point something wins, and that's what the top players have been able to consistently get. Uh, nowadays, you can't really keep that up, but it's not that far from it, right? And we're at like a low ebb of um, of the skill versus luck measurement, but it's still within that band. You look at almost every other competitive game, including Hearthstone ranked, and the MM, including Battlegrounds for the most part, unless you're at the very top. It's not that as you play and get better at the game, you win more. It's that as you play and get better at the game, your MMR ranking goes up more, and you win the same amount until you're at like the very tippy top, and they can't find like similarly uh, skilled players as you. But Arena is not like that. This structure is so like it's so rare in today's game development um and it's a very unfavored structure and the new dev team as well as some of the old dev teams have continuously pitched the idea to change it right to like somehow bring mmr into arena but one of the best things about arena is that there is no mmr that equalizes your win rate to 50 percent if arena continuously made me win only 50 percent of the games i wouldn't have played for this long because I like knowing that I can beat more people than um, uh, than uh, than they can beat me. Now you could argue, and you should argue that you shouldn't be putting like say new players or something like in the same pool as as me, and you should do some kind of MMR matchmaking. But it should never approach fifty percent like all the other games. Um, that's. It's a personal preference, but it's also the visceral feeling of, hey, if I improve, I can win more. And that is totally lost in most of today's um, PvP games. And that is a feeling that for Arena, one, it's kind of the core of the whole Arena system that was set up and unchanged for eight years. And it's been great for eight years. Um, And two, it's 
it was kind of sets it apart from all the other game modes and all the other games and all the other game modes in Hearthstone. And that is something that I really hope doesn't change, but that is so huge. Like, you look at win distribution, right? Um, not to get too political with this. I don't mean this in a political way. I just mean in a this is what would happen way. If you took a dollar from everybody on Earth and you gave it to one person, right? Like in a lottery system. That one person is going to have like $8 billion. And everybody else will not notice the difference. So that newly minted eight billionaire is going to feel great and everybody else is not going to notice any difference now if you do that the reverse it would be the exact opposite where that person who would have gotten lucky and been the billionaire is now just a normal person and everybody else has one extra dollar and does not notice the difference so in a highly distributed system where you can distribute as you go up, because remember, in this game, it is part luck, but it's also a lot part skill. So we're not randomly picking a billionaire. We're just letting the people that become the most successful become a billionaire, right? Um, in this more scaled system, you get to become a billionaire, for lack of a better uh, way of saying this. Whereas in most PvP game formats... The game is set up in a way that you can never earn a single cent more than anyone else. And that is discouraging for someone who is trying to work hard at the game because they enjoy it, right? It's the difference between, like, you know, I mean, obviously in a game with a whole lot of luck, it's not like pure capitalism. But it's the difference between a more capitalist versus a more socialist kind of uh, balancing system. And you can... Some people like the, the general communist philosophy of um, from each their ability to each their need. Um, and other people, generally the more tryhardy people <laughs> like us, prefer a system where skill and or even grinding, like just more effort put in the system, but also more skill put in the system, gets you results. So this has been one of those driving forces that underlies the fundamentals of Arena. And differentiates it from almost every other product on offer right now. Certainly from every other one on offer by Hearthstone or Blizzard. But also from all of its competitors in other games as well. Um, it's not the only one. But it's a rarity for, for these things to, to, to exist in today's uh, game. And we'll, we'll talk about the flip side of that on the, on the bad. Uh, because, you know, as you know with capitalism, it's, it's not without its problems. Um, and its problems need to be fixed or the whole system comes crashing down. Yep. All right. Should we move on to uh, the bad? Ah, yes. Okay. So we talked about the good things. And these are, like, very good things, and they're unlikely to change in the future. Like, can you imagine if the pace of the content becomes significantly slower? No, I can't imagine that for the future of Hearthstone until they shut the game down, like... I don't know, maybe a decade from now or like a hundred years from now or whatever. Can you imagine the arena community becoming super terrible? No, we know who the creators are right now. Um, and uh, like, yeah, I guess culture could super decay or whatever. But generally, I think we're all in good hands and the community has uh, gotten better, if anything, um, than from where, where we were first. And we were starting from, pretty good, uh, from a pretty good solid place. Um, and the skill versus luck balance, that's the one that could be changed. They could implement an MMR system, um, but depending on how severe the MMR system is, as long as you preserve some of that, right? Like, you definitely don't want to get rid of it entirely, 
Like maybe for some people, you don't need to get to win 75%. Or maybe you can't get to win the 75% because you're not that good enough right now anyway. And so it'll affect you less if they change it. So instead of the top players winning 75%, the top players now win 65%, right? Um, but as long as you keep that dynamic where it's not just 50% is your target, the, the, the game's going to have its appeal to, to, to people who, who, who like that kind of uh, stuff, which is, I imagine that's most people who listen to this podcast because this podcast is kind of for tryhards. All right. So, uh, first negative thing that, and we don't want to just talk about this as to like, oh, point out the warts. Um, we're hoping that these are things that people are aware of and stay aware of so that whether it's Arena 2.0 or just, you know, going into the future of the game mode, um, kind of recognizing these things and avoiding it for the future will go a long way for the health of uh, Arena, you know, in its current state or Arena 2.0. But the first thing is throughout the years, there's been some really bad metas. And that really comes from just really delayed and bad on the ground balancing um which is much better now uh but can still be improved and it's really hard right now so it's not hard just because of the new sets that are coming out and the power of the cards um but because of things that can get out of control and you really want to sort of do more frequent updates, which I know the most team cannot do, right? They have a lot on their plates. Um, but, but they should. They, yeah. Like, it's the thing, right? Like, if you're going to have a balance team that balance, creates a new balance match every two weeks, you can't be reactive. Like, that's the problem, is that they're all reactive right now, right? They wait for, they wait for the data to come in, and then they react. That's fine if you have a two-month meta, and you have one meta shift. So you release a bunch of cards, you get a little data, you put a patch, you see what you do wrong with the patch, you put out another patch. Boom. In two weeks, you're experimenting, and in six, the rest of the six weeks, you're, you're good. You have a good meta that's going. Like, that's fine. But if you're going to have a balance patch come from up top that affects all of Hearthstone every two weeks, you got to be predictive. Like, this reactive stuff just means that the game is never, ever, ever close to balance. Except by pure luck. Because some stuff is going to come that's going to change everything. You don't do anything to, whether because you don't feel confident that you'll be able to make the right predictions, or because you just, it's a lot of effort and time and whatever, and you don't have the resources, but you're not doing it. You're waiting a little bit, then you're patching it, then you got to fix your own patch. So even at the fastest possible iteration of that, you're going to have every other week be a total shit show, except by pure luck. And that's at the absolute fastest. And they're not working at the absolute fastest right now. They do the absolute fastest on the first patch, which is great. Like, the three-day patch is wonderful. Fixes, roughs out, uh, smooths out the rough edges of the new releases. It's wonderful. But then, whenever one of these, uh, like, balance patches that happen so frequently comes out, what, what, what does the team do? And especially after the mini-set comes out, that's probably the worst offender. For whatever reason, whenever a mini-set comes out, the uh, arena balance team doesn't do anything about it for, like, two weeks. <laughs> um, uh, but re regardless the, we're past the point now where we're just like hey you gotta do this faster you gotta do this faster the pace of balancing has picked up to the point where this whole model is untenable and not just from a resource perspective this whole model means you're always behind always behind, always behind 
And you, they really have to find a way to shift to a model where you're doing the adjustments before you have data. And you have to be reasonably good at it so that your first iteration already starts at a decent place. And then once you get the data, you immediately put out the second iteration of your balance changes and then you're good. Because I think the goal is that you need at least like a 75% uptime of a roughly balanced meta for this game to feel like you can keep playing it instead of like, oh, well, the meta's bad now. I'm going to have to take a break for a week, which no one like really wants to do if you're like really into this game. So they're not achieving that right now. They're at like at best 50% uptime, if that. And some of this comes from the system and the way balance is looked upon that you know they inherited from their predecessors right and, and which we have always right now when you think of hearthstone balance you immediately think of adjustments or uh micro adjusts and it, it's almost as if like oh yeah that those are balance changes and that is what like balance changes equals adjustments in that way in this very cryptic way um and we kind of take it for granted now. It's like, well, yeah, this is the way balance is. It doesn't have to be. We have been outspoken ever since they talked about micro-adjust. They implemented mm-hmm. micro-adjust. We, to- we, we have been sort of like, you know, riding around town, warning people. It, it, it's like, like, this is a bad idea. We don't like it. We've been quiet over the years, not because we are a fan of the idea now. It's just yeah. because there's no point in sort of you know, doing uh, or crying about it. Um, We both still think that this cryptic way to do things uh, sucks. It's complicated for Blizzard. And by uh, by, by this time, there's no, like out of all the information that we have and the information that we don't have, geez, um, we know it's not easy for them. And it was really difficult for them. And then they yes. ad- admitted at the end, they were like, okay, when we initially said it was automated, it's not automated, it's by hand. <laughs> when we initially said it was going to be micro, it wasn't micro, it was actually sometimes like double or triple, you, you, you know, what it was. More than that. Yeah, uh, more than that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, that was just for like the the regular adjustments, right? Like the regular yeah. adjustments could be double or triple. And then there were times in which like stuff was just weird. And they finally admitted after a few years, like we don't really know. Like we're not exactly sure about how things work here. And if you just look at their actions, you could tell, yeah, you guys have no idea what's going on. Um, otherwise you would hopefully. Yeah, this is the old system, by the way. This is uh, This is before the new team took over. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. So the new team took over and dropped the act that it was automated at all. Or I guess it was like partially automated. Only one person knew how to do it and it wasn't done well and that person left. Um, so the new team was just like, we'll adjust it by hand. Uh, and now this is where we are. Yep. Um, but yes, this was one of those things that, uh, man, like it, it was. It, it, it was just really disappointing. Um, and and yeah. it, it goes to, uh, like, the. <laughs> I hate to keep railing on the old team, but it does make a ju- good juxtaposition with the new modes team with Matt London. And um, the communication is so much better. Well, there's actually communication now. Um, 
You're, you're skipping to the second battle. Well, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it goes into it, right? So we okay. should just go into it. So FYI, it. the second bad is uh, dev communications. And so, I yeah. vehemently believe that if they're from the old team, if there was this level of communication, if there was this level of support slash work, just the pure amount of work or the pure amount of care... Um, and just the sort of explanation, like, okay, I kept talking about before, it's like, you know, what the Overwatch team did with, like, Jeff Kaplan, right? And how he would come out and he would explain things, and even if the community was angry about something, he would be there to be like, I understand, I think you're right in these ways, I disagree with you in these other ways, but I hear you, here's what we're going to do in the meantime, it won't satisfy you completely, um, but we'll work on it. Uh, and that was enough for the Overwatch community. Um, that's pretty much what we're seeing right now from Matt London. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think there are a lot of things that a lot of the creators would disagree with the team in terms of, um, not, not just the speed of, of things, but just exactly how things are implemented. And that's fine because the communication is great. Um, there, there's, there's a lot more communications behind the scenes that you guys probably don't even see. Um, it's fantastic. Shh, don't break the NDA, no, even well, to compliment them. <laughs> no, no, but like this is the stuff that um, makes me very happy that no. the new team is where it's at. And it makes me really sad because I think that the old team, if there even was a team, I have no idea. I have no idea who, who worked on it. Um, I think they like really killed the arena. And it's like if you're, if you're sad that Hafu and Crip and Amaz left... Those people were champs for staying with yeah, Arena for as long as they for did. For so long with like, like no Arena real support. Arena didn't deserve Hafu playing it for that long. Arena didn't yeah. deserve Crit playing it for that long. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a real damn shame. I think... I'm not saying that like these players would still be here today. But it's a real damn shame that they did not get more with the amount of support and with the the passion that they had for Arena. Yep. Um, the communications... Like, going back to the balancing a bit, it's, we talk a lot about like, the current balancing and what they're doing right now and its legacy, but like they've tried other balancing stuff in the past before uh, that had more communication at the time, uh, or at least they were listening to people, right? Uh, you know, even if they were not like reaching out to us behind the scenes or whatever, they were clearly like sort of because they had to adjust. And I'm talking about buckets. We were so far past the bucket era that we don't even like you know remember what happened there. But they had to keep updating the buckets, like every time they released anything, anytime they changed the meta, like that was a lot of work that went into that. And they clearly didn't just do it by themselves. They were using some kind of mix of algorithm and they were listening to like people and whatever. But it was still so bad. Because it's not like... The thing with communication, it's, it sounds easy, right? Like just listen to what the people who know how this game actually works uh, in terms of uh, the player experience, which is your top players. And then like do the things that they feel the most strongly about that doesn't screw over the rest of your player base, right? Like remove their bias because as top players, we all have biases. Um, and then implement whatever it is, right? That uh, sounds really easy. But that involves, one, knowing the right questions to ask. Because if you're not communicating, you don't, you're not asking the questions at all, right? You're not asking any questions. And we just got to spew a lot of stuff at you. And it's not just us. It's just the player base has a million ideas. 
So you have to know which ideas to listen to and who to listen to for which ideas. It's just, it's, so I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. This isn't like, oh, communicate. Like, it's a skill. And the old team, even when they were doing stuff that was arena related, the few times that they were doing on the ground arena stuff that was taking actual man hours out of their other work, so they're actually putting resources into this, their communication was shit. Their listening was shit. Their, I don't know if they communicated to other people, but certainly not to us. Um, and they would do stuff, and you'd be like, where did this come from? Why? Who would possibly, like, it just, it makes me think that they didn't actually talk to anybody who knew Arena, because, or at least not with their final decision stuff. Because some of the stuff that came out would be so out of left field that you're just like, what? And that was like a high percentage of, of the decisions. That wasn't just like a one-off here or there, right? Like here, we point out the one-offs all the time. We're like, well, they made all these adjustments, but um, somehow they think the Divine Shield Giver, the candle whatever guy in the new patch that it was a neutral, needed a nerf in offering rate. It, it doesn't. Like, you talk to you talk to anybody who's played with this card who's good at the game. It does not need... It's not a problem. It does not need an offering rate, adjust, uh, rate adjustment down. But they felt like it did. Like, I don't know where it comes from. Um, but, like, whatever, right? Like, that was one out of, like, the 30 changes that they made. That was, like, out of nowhere, and I can't really explain it. You look at the old team with the communications, and that was, like... A third to half of their changes uh, would, would seem like it comes out of nowhere. So that was it was really frustrating for us for the last eight years to be so invested in a game uh, and to have such a good community behind the game and to be given nothing on the communication side. Um, whether us or other people, uh, maybe other people got a little communication, but if they did, it was not good as we've established. Um, and, um, so that was like, that was a real like low in the experience, I think of, you know, just being arena content creators for, uh, for, for so long. Um, and thankfully that all changed like almost overnight, like a little over a year ago. And it's been, it's been where it should have been all along. Right, like, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like this new communication thing is taking up a huge amount of dev resources. Although it certainly takes up some amount of dev resources, um, and I think you get a lot of you just get a lot better results when you're in in touch with the player base that's playing these games repeatedly at a level in which they're understanding the game probably better than the developers. I mean, I hope better than the developers. Players always understand the game better than the developers um, for, for skill-based games. That's just how it is because your developers can't be the best players. Um, and in a game where it's a pure thinking game, like, yeah, BGs has, like, APM, but, like, Arena's a pure thinking game, very little APM, very no, like, dexterity involved, uh, then your player base is just better at this kind of like analysis stuff maybe not better at game design right um so i'm not saying like all oh, the developers should just listen to whatever the uh the, the the top players say but they should listen right and you know maybe selectively implement but definitely listen and ask questions um because 
this isn't like, hey, I point and click at things real good, and so I shoot better, and so that's why I'm better at your game than you. This is a, I'm better at your game than you because I know the game better. I understand it better as a top player. That's how all strategy games are. Um, okay. So that was a, a bad and frustrating part. So the final bad part of Arena, and we're gonna, you should look at this with what I was talking about before, the capitalism v. socialism thing and the skill versus luck balance, because it's tied together. And that is the new player experience. So the new... Yeah, I think it's important to touch upon this last, because this is like the best sort of like, if Arena 2.0 is going to succeed, or if this iteration of Arena is to succeed and develop and grow... Um, this is key. It's not the mm-hmm. tryhards, you know, it's not like, um, oh, will Judge get, like, better than his, what was it, like, fourth place finish on the leaderboards? Like, you know, that kind of stuff it, it, people in chat might, might care about. Obviously, you know, like, Judge's community cares about it, and it's a great accomplishment for him, but that's not what's going to grow Arena. It's going to be the new player experience, and let's face it, it is terrible right now if you and it just gets worse every it year it gets worse. worse yes it's consistently gotten worse yes because they, they haven't really done anything about it there's been literally no change to the new player experience since launch so for, to our knowledge let's talk about exactly sort of where we're at um because we're like nine years into the game all new players get is, uh, you know, the new player's queue for, like, what, three games or something? Um, three runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, three runs. Uh, they get, And it's not a new player queue. They just assume that you have one extra loss already. They just give them a handicap. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not even that big of a handicap because from matchmaking, most of matchmaking, especially if you're a new player, you're not going to get, like, nine wins or whatever, uh, most likely. That's the equivalent of having like one less win. So your 2-0 deck will be treated as a 1-0 deck. Your 3-1 deck will be treated as a 2-1 deck. Like, it's a little bump, but it's not like a transformational change here. Yep. No, it's um, it's not enough. And if anything, what Arena does is uh, just completely annihilate new players now this Mm -hmm. is one of those those things where if you talk about mmr and how mmr you know we want to keep out of the game mmr would be good for these players right it's part of the reason why Mm -hmm. like if you look at you know i i keep talking about overwatch if you look at like grandmaster players top 500 players um but i mean especially in that game because skill expression is everything right like you could just click Mm -hmm. heads uh all all the time in that game but if you look at that versus look at people in bronze or silver i mean it's it's a huge discrepancy and uh those players should not be like anywhere in the same uh (laughs) same zip code and and that's a team-based game it would be very terrible for everyone involved if they did that That would be very terrible um here you know like even noobs can high roll a little bit Bit, but you see some really bad questionable plays not just like ordering just like terrible throws sometimes and you got to feel bad for the person um they're probably new account they're spending their hard-earned gold uh that they could be buying packs with or even money right like they they could actually be spending money on it um we need to help the new player experience and beyond just the matchmaking and how they keep can get pounded um beyond that what is waiting for them 
Um, a game that is getting more and more complex in terms of number one mechanics and number two in this game mode um, there are many hidden factors nobody likes these things nobody likes these hidden things you know it, it's it's funny because when um when they made the change and constructed to the death knight discover kind of thing i think it was you know some like constructed players chimed in and i think like kibler was one of them as well it's like hey you know this isn't the be all end all but it's really kind of like bad whenever you have a game that has unwritten rules in it right yeah. and it's like if you you could be very good at the game but because you didn't read this like blog post or like release um you might just consider yourself unlucky it's like oh why am i not mm. seeing paparazzi right like it's a common card mm. why why am i not seeing paparazzi like you know all, all of my logic should be uh should be good and your logic is good it's it's being artificially held back uh significantly so um and that is something that really takes away from the new player experience because and once you learn about this man i would i would be frustrated I keep talking about how I don't play League of Legends because of the complexity and, and, mm -hmm. and the learning Same. curve involved. Now, if there was also <laughs> hidden factors, like every single patch, the paper damage that you see is actually not the exact damage that you deal. <laughs> it's filtered through another thing. And I have to understand that like, oh, the, this damage or, oh, this cooldown, they say it's five seconds. It was actually adjusted like to be four seconds but you know like you, 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 nowhere does it say it in the game i would be like screw this i'm definitely not playing this game so these are things that i, I said before we take it for granted now we're just like oh yeah there's hidden adjustments mm -hmm. uh nobody will ever understand all the rules of the game um if you're a nerd and you want to understand go pour through hs replay in order to really understand it um and like oh you know look at these people that get high in the leaderboards right um uh judge and dreads and redbeard and, and the people who don't even stream right it's like they don't have it memorized yeah they don't have it memorized but they know like they mm -hmm. they know these things they they understand uh implicitly what it means um these are all things that hold back new players from enjoying the game when they don't know and then they get frustrated once they do know um, that really, really sucks for new players. And this has to be changed. And it's the number one reason why I think you kind of have to go with some sort of Arena 2.0. Because if you change yeah. Arena 1.0 to not have all of these things that we've seen for so many years, it essentially is Arena 2.0. So yeah. um, that's got to change. And I think we'll be in a good place if those things do change. Because um, I, I can... I think for so many years we've like asked this question at the end of the uh, like at the end of the year um, question session. It's like, would you recommend Arena to friends? I'm like, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't recommend uh, yeah. Arena to, to people, people. Do this all the time because they're like, oh, you know, whatever. Sometimes I mention that I, um, I stream on Twitch. Like, oh, what game do you play? I'm like Hearthstone, but just the Arena game mode. And they're like, oh, I haven't, you know, whatever. I'll check it out. And I'm always like, D -d -d I wouldn't recommend you do that. Like. It's, it's not uh it's not particularly easy or fun to get into um right now but you know you do you maybe you'll like it but it's it's just it's awkward because this is what i do right and I, I really love this game and i i can't recommend it and i haven't been able to for like five of the last eight years i guess but having said that 
because you know we've gone through positives we've gone through negatives we don't want to just be like and this is why we're quitting because it sucks um, you know, I, I do want to end it on a sort well, of... I, I don't want to end it yet. Well, no, 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 I have no, more stuff to say it, about the new player like, experience. Yeah, yeah, But, like, I, I do want to say that, like, you know, the reason that we're pointing these things out is, like, you don't talk about something that's completely hopeless, right? Um, or I, 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 I wouldn't. Um, I think you point this out because, like, there are many things you can do. And I think it's, like, from the pretty healthy uh viewer numbers of all of these arena content creators i'm just like wow this is surprising um yes because nobody would watch dreads otherwise like the man is vile he is he has like no discernible personality he's disgusting but people love watching a limited format and it goes back to all these positives and, and all these things specifically about hearthstone arena that people like so you have something here. Like, it's very... I'm not going to say savable, because like, Arena doesn't even, like, save it, but it's very much so, like, able to be rejuvenated and to, like, blossom again. Yeah, Arena 2.0. It's, um, that's what's needed. And, like, we keep saying this new player experience. It's not really a new player experience that I'm worried about. We call it the new player experience. That's the term that's thrown around. That's a... Uh, that's a kind of a normal industry like game dev and gameplay like kind of terminology. What what we mean by it is bad player experience. That's why I started off with the example of everybody gives a dollar and then one person becomes a billionaire before. Well, here we're not dealing with everybody giving a dollar. All the arena players are too good. That's kind of the problem right now. All the people who still play arena are too good. So when you put a new player in or a bad player in, they get crushed. They don't win three games and lose three games. They don't even win two games and lose three games. As the math says that they should, right? Because the math says, remember how, remember going back to the example of everybody loses a dollar. Nobody notices it. That's the only reason it works. If instead everybody notices it and $1 is huge because you're not actually losing a dollar, you're losing $10,000, then no, no one's going to go around. Like everyone's going to notice. There's going to be uprisings. Like your society falls apart at that point. You cannot build something where everybody's losing $10,000. And the math doesn't even add up for that. So why does it feel like whenever someone is stepping into the arena, even after a break, like I sometimes like take like, you know, a new meta comes in and I step in and I'm like, oh shit, I'm averaging three wins per run. Like I'm a really good player. But I don't know what all these cards do. I haven't played with, you know, most of these cards. And uh, so I'm getting three wins per run. And, you know, pretty quickly I work my way back up to seven wins per run. Um, like, we're talking, like, in, like, a few runs or whatever before I get my average up. But I know what I'm doing. Like, I really know what I'm doing. For all the players who are, you know, maybe coming back or trying to come back every now and then, who are trying to play this casually even, or who are, like, just not as good at the game as other people. Like... It is a terrible, terrible, terrible experience that beats you down. So rather than, in, in the reality of the arena, rather than everybody giving a buck and then some players become infinite or like whatever, it's some players give a buck, but then all the players that you really want to stay, which are the casuals and the new players, which are the people that should form the base of any game. Every single game is driven by a base of casuals and new players. Without that, the game cannot succeed. Arena has been in that position 
for many, many, many years, where there are no new players, there are very few casual players, um, and their experiences suck. So the fix, like right now, it's not that everybody's giving a dollar, it's that most people are giving a dollar, and then anybody who wants to become part of the world, like let's say all the newborns, and you know all the all the people who are bankrupt and destitute and whatever they're being charged ten thousand dollars what happens in that world what happens in that world is that the destitute people die stop playing okay commit suicide okay kind of kind of a dark example but game wise they leave the pool right and uh the newborns just don't become newborns why would you bring someone in why would you bring someone into this cruel world that will take ten thousand dollars away from them immediately and give it to a billionaire why would you do that? So if you want a healthy society and a healthy world, you have to create some kind of, if not incentives, at least make it so they don't notice. So you keep everything level. And that's what we don't have right now. And if you're going back to like, the whole socialism v. capitalism thing, that's why nowhere really is like a pure capitalist society. There's always safety nets. There's always socialist elements. America's pretty bad about it, just to give an example, because we're both Americans. But even we have safety nets. And in Arena, there are no safety nets. And the new players get taxed and pummeled immediately. And the people who are bad get pummeled even worse. So it's the exact opposite of what should be happening. Now, you look at successful capitalist societies... And you see that the people who are bad at the game, so to speak, and the people who are new at the game and therefore bad but could potentially be good in the future, they get perks. They get, they get the safety net to help either carry them indefinitely because they're just that bad and you want them to stay alive. Um, or they get uh, perks to help them rise up because they are a new player or something has changed in their life or like whatever, right? And so you put the safety net in so that you can help a portion of these players become contributing members of the society or in this case, players who know kind of what they're doing. And then you always have the people who have no idea what they're doing and will never have any idea what they're doing and you just carry them. And that's fine because the society generates enough excess so that you can do this without like destroying your whole society. This is a real world example of just how capitalism works in any place that capitalism does work. Whereas arena right now is too pure of a form because there is no safety net. So rather than creating an MMR system that kind of swoops in and subjects everybody to flatten everything, like all you need to really do is to swoop the MMR system or some other kind of bad player experience subsidy system to lift the bottom up. And when lifting the bottom up, you need to give them a path so that they can get to the top, which is what Merce was talking about with having rules that you can actually understand. So you can build Arena 2.0 and come up with all these fancy ideas that people have, like, oh, draft 33 cards, and then you can, you know, ditch three cards, or, like, have synergy picks be more of a thing, but, like, better implemented, asterisk, who knows what the hell better, better implemented means. Um, and that's all good and fine, but none of that will make Arena a sustainable game that will ever grow. Because all of that will just create, it doesn't solve the fundamental problem that if I'm a game developer, that's what I see. You give me the arena game mode, I don't really care about balance. I don't really care about the existing player base. I care about if you want me to like make this into a main game mode, I'm trying to figure out why would anyone play this game who's not already playing this game. 
and the answer or like and why would people how do people engage with the game in a casual way like i only got like a couple hours this week i'll play arena and then that feels good and then i do it again next week and maybe i do a little more of it right like it's video games right it's kind of like crack like you gotta you gotta have some kind of thing like going for it so right now all arena has going for it for most people for most people who we want to play the game is that it is innately an interesting and fun game mode. And after that, you just get beaten repeatedly with a stick whenever you try to play with it. So, there needs to be a system, and that system has to be number one. A lot of other people focus on things like, oh, create incentives to play the arena, right? Like, give more free arena tickets, or advertise arena, have events that are just arena-focused. You get people into the arena. That's not even the problem. I don't want anyone in the arena. That's why we don't recommend anybody come and play the arena right now. Because yes, there is a marketing problem with the arena where there are not enough new players even coming into the arena. That is true. But you don't want to exhaust your pool of people who try the arena when arena is a shit product. Like bottom of the barrel, totally shit product for new players and bad players. That's not going to that's going to have like no retention and you're going to just be wasting whatever you're doing or you know just using up the pool even if you don't waste any resources because it's all pixels anyway. So the biggest thing Arena needs right now. We've covered communications with top players. Uh, that's already being done right now. We've covered on the ground balancing. That's hard. Like that's just really hard. But this is the low hanging fruit. Now, you can't just do it in the current system. So it needs to be Arena 2.0. You need to program some stuff in. You need to deal with the spaghetti code. This is not a I adjust numbers kind of situation, right? This is not a you will not get a significantly more amount of arena players if you like gave everyone 50 more gold per arena run. Like that is the definition of a safety net, right? Like but that's not going to make it more fun for these people. So you want to keep these people engaged and keep these people developing. You need to come up with a system. And if that's an MMR system, so be it. MMR systems could work good for a certain segment of the people, namely bad players, including new players. But at some point, you don't want this to be the entire end game. You want them to get out of the kiddie pool and then hit the place where when they improve further, their win rate goes up. Like that is such a key character. That when you are better, you win more. And that's a concept that Arena does really well. So, like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like, the baby is the good system that we have here in the Arena where you reward skilled players. The bathwater is the crap and the muck that is dragging down bad players. You can throw the bathwater out and keep the baby mostly intact. Like, that's my vision for the future of Arena in any kind of Arena 2.0 system. And, I mean, this is the most important thing. The new player experience, the bad player experience is the most important thing. This is the problem that needs to be solved first before anything else matters. So, however long it takes them to solve this, whatever that needs to be implemented, I really hope, and I'm sure they will, they're game developers. I'm not, like, I'm not here, like, saying something, like, groundbreaking from a game development point of view. I'm here saying something that... Maybe something that's getting a little less attention than it should from the arena community because we're not generally too worried about new players so much as we're worried about ourselves uh, and people like us. Uh, but from a game development perspective, I will bet money that that is like 
number one on their list. Above balance, above recruiting people, above fixing bugs even. Like, I'm sure number one is whatever we're doing with the arena or the next limited format, we need a better bad player experience. Yep. All right. So, I feel like we should end it on a positive note. And I'm not saying this is definitively the end, okay? Uh, but it could be the end. Uh, well, it's the end for at least like two and a half months. Sure. Bare sure. minimum. Sure. Um, and if it is the end uh, in, in that fashion, man, it's been like it's been really fun. And uh, I, I think the arena is in really good hands. And man, I hope Matt and team have like something big up their sleeve that they're just like working on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, and, and I think if they did that, there is a really healthy appetite for something like that. Um, because you also see it when, like, for example, uh, whenever Hafu, like, comes back to play the arena, just for, like, a stream, right? Or somebody really random, like, Summit 1G, like, plays arena, <laughs> yes. right? There is I remember a that. huge amount of interest. Even from his, like, you know, community that knows nothing about the game. I was in Summit 1G stream, and they're like, hey, this is kind of cool. Like, like, you know, they were laughing at him and whatever. But there is just something about the format that is really Mm. really cool um and and that's why i think that there is going to be continued interest and if arena 2.0 comes out i I think there's a a a good chance that it just uh, pops off yeah i think it has a very good pop-off potential because right now there's no dominant tcg anymore yeah. Like it used to be Hearthstone. I don't think it's Hearthstone anymore, but it's also not not Hearthstone. It's just kind of a pool right now, and everybody's kind of in their own little corner doing their own thing. But just as a general gaming thing right now and a general world thing, I think there's a big appetite for people to be to want to be united into something really good. Like and all be doing the same thing and sharing the same kind of platform. The way that Hearthstone was back in the day. The way that, like, WoW was back in its heyday. And the way Overwatch was for, uh, you know, the the first few years of its lifetime. And Blizzard is really good at doing that. Right? Like, whatever Blizzard is bad at, Blizzard has consistently delivered at that. And I don't know. Maybe they bled so much talent that it's hard to, like, you know, do, uh, you know, do make lightning what is it like capture lightning in a bottle like the fifth time in a row or whatever um but i have hope for d4 but d4 is also a weird product it's diablo is always a weird product um but arena and her hearthstone i think has a really good chance of being able to unite the strategy uh community if like the way like battlegrounds did for example like just something that is big but not too big but then everybody comes in and plays it because it was so good now not really what battlegrounds is these days but um uh i i have hope for arena to uh to for arena 2.0 to do something like that because you look at what we talked about old dev communications were bad the new team already fixed that the consistently bad you know balancing um they they do have to climb over the hump but that only affects really like the top players if it's not super horrible. So I don't think that's going to gate the overall success so much as it's going to gate the longevity 
of the success of Arena 2.0, and all the other stuff is good. The fundamentals are super good. The structure that they set up around it with the releases of new cards and the community and the 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 current like luck v skill balance and the uh, the ability to win more than fifty percent that's all really good. There's there's enough. The the fundamentals are super good actually. You just gotta tweak some of the rougher edges around like the draft could be more exciting. Um, you know maybe don't go to 12 wins that's kind of people's attention spans are getting even shorter nowadays from eight years ago when this game launched um like that and games are getting longer for that matter um because of the cards and complexity and whatnot so you know maybe drop that down but the, the, the fundamentals are good the only thing that is bad about the fundamentals is the bad player experience in arena that is the only thing that is bad and has always been bad and has just gotten worse so Fix that, and you got a hit on your hands. Like a wider applicability hit, not just people who listen to this podcast thinking it's good or bad. All right. There we All go. right. That's it. That is the final episode of the Lightforge podcast after eight years and almost 400 episodes. I have nothing more to say. That's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Maybe we'll be back. Maybe we won't be. But if we're not back, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been an absolute pleasure and an experience of my life to be able to share all these episodes with you guys. Thank you guys so much for your support as listeners, as mods, as uh, our YouTube editors and um, whatnot. Um, just everybody um, the community is wonderful the community on the grid and go the community in Hearthstone Arena the community in Hearthstone generally and wider it's just it's been great um, so this is Avukta this is Murps see you guys Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.